Hi, my name is Tracy Coral, and welcome to Indispensable People. I'm a wife, mom, teacher, pastor, and missionary, and I believe that every person should have the opportunity to know Christ, grow in Him, and serve Him with the gifts that He has given, no matter their ability. Over 65 million Americans have a disability. That's 25% of the population. However, over 80% of them are not inside the walls of our church. Let's dive into those hard topics, biblical foundations, perceptions, and world-changing ideas. Hey friends, welcome to today, and we are going to spend some time tackling the fear of the unknown. Now, I know that some of you come and listen to this, and you might have experience with disabilities, people in your families with special needs, or your own uh, children. However, some individuals come and listen to this podcast because they want to glean and they want to learn. Maybe they're in ministry, maybe they're in places of serving individuals with disabilities, and they just want more information. Because listen, the fear that comes with serving people with disabilities really stems from not having a base of information, right? Anything that we come across that's new, that's different, we have some fear based in it because we just don't know about it. And so we want to spend some time talking about some of the things you hear about on a regular basis, like autism, ADHD, an intellectual disability, physical disabilities, and even vision impairments. All of those different things are typical things that you come in contact with just in a regular day in serving individuals in your churches or maybe in your jobs, your professions. So let's just spend some time. Let's dive into it and see what some of those things are. And through that, I hope that some of your fears can be dispelled because it's just become a knowledge base that you can become comfortable with. So now we're going to talk about one of the most spoken about, I think, disabilities to date, and that is autism. And you can say autism spectrum disorder. You can say ASD. There are lots of different ways to refer to it. But the biggest thing to say is that in general, it's very difficult to give you a definition of autism because it is a spectrum. There are um, things that indicate autism that one person may have and another and the next person with autism may not have. You may have heard the statement that if you've met one person with autism, you've met one person. And that's because they're just not all the same. They can't be lumped into um, just one category. And another thing that I always explain to people when we're talking about those with special needs is that you the disability is only one facet of them, right? They have um, God-given gifts, talents, and personalities. They've also grown up in an environment that shapes them along with their disability. So it's not just a very simple explanation of what they're like and how they will be. However, we can boil down some commonalities that we can find within autism. So first, 
let's look at when is autism diagnosed? And that can sometimes happen around the age of two to three. It can happen even later in life. But um, the hope is the earlier, the better, because um, intervention can happen and provision can be made for therapies and such that might help. But Let's look at what are some common things that are associated with autism. And that includes maybe a decreased sharing of interest with others, maybe um, not appreciating or noticing finding social cues within emotions, maybe an aversion to eye contact, Um, maybe their speech sounds a bit robotic or scripted, Interpreting abstract things may be very difficult and making friends is another area of difficult. And those are the things that we find within the social uh, communication aspect of autism. So a couple things to note from that. Um, If you're an old school thinker, and I have been in that category for sure, you may consider that if someone is not giving you eye contact They're either A, not listening to you, or B, being very disrespectful. So to give you a little bit of perspective, someone with autism who has difficulty making eye contact, it is almost a painful experience for them to make that eye contact. And so when you request that or try to demand it from them, they're going to spend more time listening and figuring out how to deal with the eye contact request than actually engaging in conversation with you. So you may have to drop that old school thinking that someone needs to be looking you straight in the eye when having a conversation to maintain focus and respect and realize that there might be other reasons behind their lack of eye contact. And that might give you the opportunity to engage in a healthier conversation and interaction and opportunity to share the gospel if you don't require it from someone who may experience difficulty giving it. In addition to that, you might want to consider uh, when you speak about things or explain things to use concrete language, give examples that are tangible to someone with autism because abstract thinking is difficult, not because of their intelligence level. It's the logical thinking that they have. They want things to make sense. If you want to go from A to B, You want to see the steps, see how that works so that you can effectively make your move from A to B. So in that, you want to consider that topics like the Holy Spirit are going to be difficult, I think are difficult for anyone to fully understand in depth, let alone someone who needs things on a concrete level. So you're going to need to understand that those might be more difficult concepts and you might want to think of different ways that you can explain or speak about or talk about things such as the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you, the Bible is full of examples and parables that um, 
someone who needs some concrete explanations may struggle with. However, using things in a hands-on way or giving them social stories, which are um, just really word-for-word explanations of something to show them a real-life example of how something works may be ideal for them. Showing pictures, things that make sense to them, things they can relate to or understand will help in creating a deeper understanding in a subject that you might be teaching them about from scripture, um, things like the Holy Spirit, because those are very important and essential to a believer. However, if you can't understand it, because it's an abstract concept. You need to go outside of that and teach in a way that might be different than you normally would. Some other behaviors that are associated with autism can be um, inflexibility, extreme difficulty coping with change or transition, maybe becoming overly focused or hyper-focused on a, a toy or a subject, or a show, or a song. Um, it might be that um, you could have difficulty tolerating changes in routine or a new experience. You could have sensory hypersensitivity, which might mean you have an aversion to loud noises or even bright lights, things like that. You might see some stereotypical movements such as hand flapping, rocking, or spinning. Sometimes people with autism like to arrange things in order, um, like toys, and do it in a particular manner that is repetitive for them. So how does some of that impact the way that we minister to people with autism? Well, first, we need to understand that a consistency in our ministry schedules or events or providing a visual picture schedule may be beneficial to help individuals move through those transitions or changes or just providing that safety and knowing what's coming next. Also, um, if you're going to do something new or change something up in the way that you're presenting, this is also good for in the home with parents. Prepare them. Help them to know about it ahead of time. Give them an opportunity to ask questions or to see what is coming next. And you can do this in a couple of ways. Some is just a conversation. Maybe it's also a picture or a visual schedule. Maybe it's also a uh, conversation about what it looks like, what it feels like, how it's all going to work. Each person is going to respond differently to how you interact with that change. And so knowing how they best handle those changes will help you to deliver them to them. So, for example, we had a little guy that came to our church and he did well once he got inside the church, but the transition from getting to the check-in desk to the room became very difficult. And so we started to use what was called a transition box. And in that transition box were things we knew that he liked. So he was a big superhero fan. So I filled it with um, 
a little coloring book and some crayons that had superhero stuff on it. There were superhero stickers. And I also knew that he really loved Legos. So there were a few Legos in that box. So when he came to the the check-in desk, on a Sunday morning, we would give him that transition box, which was something he was excited about because there were things in there that he liked. And so we were able to share that with him and it kind of distracted him from the current transition that he was making. So that was very helpful. Another child um, had difficulty with the buddy system that we were using only because it was a different buddy every week. We choose not to have the same buddy with the same individual each week because that leads to buddy burnout. And so a buddy is someone who helps the individual with disabilities navigate the service or event that is going on at the church. And so that particular buddy changes from week to week and they're on a monthly rotation. So how did we solve that? Well, first it's communication. We made sure that mom knew who was going to be the buddy each Sunday. But what we also did was we provided a picture book that had the buddy's pictures in it. And so when that individual came to the check-in desk, I could show him who was going to be his buddy that morning before he walked into the room. So it wasn't a surprise. It helped him to be prepared. Another aspect of autism that is possible for some individuals is the sensory hypersensitivity. And that might be an aversion to loud noises or um, even to bright lights. And so how can you help with that? Well, there are all kinds of headphones that help protect the ears, even earplugs that can be provided for each individual. There's a new product out called Loops that help funnel sounds and to um, protect from other sounds. So we have lots of opportunities to help with the hypersensitivity to sound. Some individuals, it might be so distinct that um, they need to step out during a worship service or um, a loud portion of something if you're having all of the students respond um, or in a youth event where, um, you know, there's a lot of cheering or things going on like that. Um, that might just mean a walk for that individual or to participate in worship in a different way, maybe in a sensory room or a quiet room. Those are our opportunities to get by that. When it comes to lights, um, sunglasses are a great uh, option for those individuals to provide a different way um, of dealing with the lights that they may come in contact with. So the next thing I want to address that you can be impacted by or know how to deal with in your ministry settings or even as a parent in in the home, you might have an individual who has some stereotypical movements such as hand flapping, rocking, or spinning, and that is called stimming. And that provides that individual with a comfort or a sensory impact to his body or her body that helps them to continue on. 
whether it's in listening or participating in a lesson or um, going from task to task. And so um, some people might want to stop those behaviors. However, that's very detrimental to the individual. If that behavior is not harming themselves or harming others, then it's there's not a need to stop. It's providing the body with an impact that it needs. And so how do we go about helping with that? Well, the greatest thing that you can do that makes the easiest impact in your ministry settings is to provide optional seating. So for instance, in your kids' church, if you have benches or chairs, you might consider providing some seating that is soft or a chair that spins or rocks, or even a swing that might hang from the ceiling that obviously you're going to want to make sure that there's safety space and it's not detrimental to the other things that you're doing. But those all provide that rocking, that spinning at So you get those sensory stimming things that need to happen so that person can maintain in that space. Now, you might consider um, going, listen, how am I supposed to do that with other students in the room? How do we decide who gets to be a part of that? And honestly, the best thing that I would recommend with that is educating the room. Okay, whether you're doing it with a congregation, your youth group, or your children's church, you can do some disability awareness things that help them to understand that some people need things that they don't need. They might be preferable or fun, but that doesn't mean they're necessary. And so it is okay for someone to do something that's different from someone else because their body needs it. Those are just some basic aspects of autism that you may encounter, whether you're a parent or a children's pastor, a youth pastor, or a lead pastor in a church. It is helpful to have an understanding of a disability so that you can better serve and understand and most of all have compassion for those that are dealing with it. And so Take some of these things, let them soak in, think about how you can make an impact or maybe a few changes in your services or your systems that exist within your spaces so that you can better serve and make a comfortable space for people with autism. The last thing that I really want to share with you is the consideration of a family. So when we serve someone with autism, we need to know that we also impact the entire family. It can be stressful. It can be time consuming. It can also be expensive. So paying attention to the physical, emotional, and spiritual health of the whole family is really important. And there are lots of ways that you can help those families by just meeting their felt needs. Drop off a dinner, offer to hang out with the other kids or even their child with autism if the parents are comfortable with that. Provide structure or routine within the services and the events that you're providing. Connect with those parents. Seek help if you need further and take time to educate yourself. There's so much information that exists out there that you can take some time to read some materials 
just like you're listening to this podcast. Education expels fear and helps us to serve the people that we are called to better. Do I know everything about disability ministry? Do I have all the answers? Have I done everything perfectly? I have absolutely not. But we are going to continue this conversation so that people of all abilities can have the opportunity to know Christ, grow in him, and serve him with the gifts that he has given them. So join us on our next episode where I'm going to share with you my own personal testimony that leads us to the next type of disability that we're going to speak about.